Cause podcast is an expression of life's learnings. I'll be your host, Michelle Cardocus Harrison, and I invite you to connect with me as we explore a plethora of interesting subjects such as psychology, stoicism, physics, alchemy, health, fitness, and practical tools for the seeking mind, body, and soul. Join me and other special guests on this journey to educate, to inspire, to encourage, and to turn any experience into a noble cause. Hello, my people. Thank you for tuning in to the Noble Cause podcast. I am your host, Michelle Cardocus Harrison, and I am going to be talking about the epicness of epigenetics. Woo! So for people that don't know exactly what epigenetics is, I'm going to give you a fancy description right off of the internet. So epigenetics is the study of changes in organisms caused by modification of gene expression rather than alteration of the genetic code itself. So what that means is being able to change your genes. This is new science ish. I originally heard of this from Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's been doing this type of research for over 30 years. I heard from heard about him through the Positive Head podcast, which is one of the first podcasts that I ever got into. Uh, the host, Brandon Beecham, is a solid dude. He keeps it real. He does shows five days a week. So if you have a chance and you haven't heard his show yet, then I suggest popping on over there. A little bit of history about the Positive Head podcast. Sometimes uh, in the realm of law of attraction or even self-development and self-growth, we can get a little bit woo-woo with things. So what I love about the epigenetics is that it really is spirituality meets science blended with stoicism. Stoicism is referring to the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint is one of the uh, definitions of stoicism. And how that all comes together in regards to epigenetics is the spirit science and stoicism. So Bruce Dr. Bruce Lipton's work on epigenetics is really based on the fact that genes are not predisposed, but can reproduce according to the environment. We used to believe that you were born with a set of genes and that whatever you had was what you had for your whole life. You were predisposed to disease and illnesses, all of these terrible things, whether it is being overweight or cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all of these things. Uh, that we are predisposed. So Dr. Bruce Lipton's work is an older science. During his study, he did a lot of research on these cells. You could listen to a lot of his videos that he has online. He has books that he's written about epigenetics. So this is a very like 
basic crash course about this whole idea behind epigenetics. So in a nutshell, our older science thought that the nucleus was the cell's brain, if you will. The nucleus is what told the cell what to do and how to grow and what to be. But through his scientific research, he did different things where he would take the cell of a person and transport it miles away from them and change the environment of that person that was his subject. The cell that was very far away from this person had also those changes as well. So uh, what he learned from this is that these genes do not have a brain of their own. The nucleus is not the brain of the cell. What determines what a cell becomes is actually the environment. So we have uh, lots of different types of cells in our body. One that we hear of all the time, it's called a stem cell. And what a stem cell is, is a reproductive cell, meaning that it can reproduce into something. It can grow into something. So it is reproducing. It's a reproductive cell. So whether our cells reproduce in a healthy manner, make our body stronger and better, or whether they reproduce in a pathologic manner, where we get sick and have degenerative diseases and whatnot, that is actually determined by the environment of the cell, meaning our body. The environment that our body is in can determine the way that our cells reproduce. And it's not just our whole body. So that's one thing to consider. It's not just our whole body that is the brain to these cells. It is the nervous system. So uh, a couple different things that a couple different crazy stories that we hear that coincide with this belief is, uh, for instance, stem, stem cells being organ transplant. So whenever we have somebody else's organ transplanted into our body, our body automatically fights off the cell, right? It's saying this is a foreign object. This is not within my environment, so I'm going to try to kill it. It's a foreign object. So we have to lower our immune system to be able to allow that new organ to be accepted into our body. We all know that is common knowledge. The crazy thing is whenever people that get organ transplants start having memories of things that they've never experienced, or they have maybe fears or cravings that they never had before. One of the craziest stories is a little girl that got a transplant. I'm not sure exactly. I think it was a heart. She kept on having this dream over and over again every night, somebody was killing her. So they finally concluded that, uh, or asked somehow, that the person that had given her this heart was somebody who had been killed. And her dreams were so vivid that she was able to identify the person in her dream that was killing her and tell the authorities and they straight up like caught this person. So it's really crazy. There's crazy stories out there. That's just one of them. So let's move on to more realistic things of how this affects us in our everyday. So what affects our environment? For us and our bodies, it is all tied to the nervous system. And the nervous system is a very interesting system in our body. 
we have two types of nerve two types of our nervous system. Uh, one is the autonomic nervous system, which is the involuntary, what we call the rest and digest nervous system. This is what aids in the things that we don't control as if we're as as in our digestion, our heartbeat. Uh, the flowing of the blood through our system, our circulatory system, all those things your body is doing without you trying to do it. So it is involuntary. That is the rest and digest nervous system, which is the autonomic nervous system. The other part of our nervous system is the somatic nervous system. This is our voluntary nervous system. This is our fight or flight response. This is what, whenever we are under a stressful situation, it is what pumps blood to our muscles, gives us clarity in our brain, and gets us ready for a fight, straight up. So the reason why this is important to understand is because the way that we live our lives every day in our modern day culture is that we have a consistent level of stress. Uh, we get stressed out about life. We get stressed out about bills. We get stressed out about relationships and people and our work. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. So what's happening is that we're living in a high stress environment and our body is acting accordingly. Our body is ready for fight or flight at any given notice because of the level of stress that we are in in our daily lives. Stress signals to increase your heart rate, signals to slow down your digestion, or it increases your blood flow to your muscles, decreases the blood flow to your skin, and gets you ready to fight. So our daily stresses means that we are at a constant state of fight or flight. So how that transfers over into epigenetics. Whenever we talk about the environment that our cells reproduce in and the capacity at which our cells do reproduce, if they are in a stressful environment, they are not going to grow stronger. They are not going to be a better cell than what it is being reproduced from. Our cells are going to become weaker. Our cells are going to have less energy. Our cells are going to be degenerative. And that is because of the environment that our cells are reproducing in. So a stressful environment means that cells grow weaker. Just keep that in mind. I don't really like talking about a lot of things just to tell you the truth and not give you some practical guidelines or practical tips on how you can help your body reproduce cells in a better way, in a more thriving environment. So what are the things that we can do ultimately to reduce our stress? This is what this is all about. This is like our high stress environment, our body not doing us any good and really being of disservice to us because our environment is under stress constantly. So we all know that diet and exercise, those are all very important things to lower our stress. You can hear that all the time, but the reason why it's so important, diet first of all, if you are eating a high carb, high sugar diet, you're not getting the proper amount of protein and healthy fats, nutrients, macronutrients are not balanced at all. It absolutely has an effect on your stress and it absolutely has an effect on a lot of things. Anxiety, you'd be amazed at how much 
a high carb, high sugar diet can make you anxious. So keep that in mind. Having uh, hormone balancing foods can do really good for us. Having, uh, for me, I have a high protein diet that helps me stay fuller and helps me uh, build muscle uh, and support the muscle that I have in my body. So that's important to me. Exercise, it's not just to look good, people. <laughs> there is a reason why we need to do this. Sometimes it's just burning off the energy. It's stress relief because you're able to do something with that energy. Instead of just letting it fester and boil and keep you up at night, you are able to actually do something with it. So find something that works for you. I'm a firm believer of do whatever works for you. What's the best time of the day to work out? The time that you're most likely to do it. So don't make this too difficult. Do things that you enjoy, but you got to get moving. You have to get moving. It increases your endorphins, which is huge. I mean, I've suffered from anxiety and depression and, you know, those things aren't fun. But at the same time, we have a lot of control over how we feel if we were to actually take the steps to take care of ourselves. So exercise is very important. Meditation. I can have a whole show, and I probably will, just about meditation. The reason why meditating is so important, it is because we are sending the message to our body that we can rest, that we can relax. We get to tap into that autonomic nervous system by encouraging our, our digestion and encouraging our heart rate to, to slow down and and sending the signal to our body that we can rest. When we're in that constant high state of stress, our body doesn't feel like it can rest. And it's going to take care of us. It's created to keep us alive. So taking that time to just chill for a minute, whether it's 10 minutes, you know, I think 10 minutes a day can be life-changing whenever it comes to meditation. Absolutely. And I know it's frustrating at first to do it, but just stick with it and you'll be so surprised at how many different other aspects in your life are uh, benefited by meditating. And that is probably one of the most important ways that we can lower our stress and to be mindful of our stress. I know that I'm a mother of two and I feel like I'm just a cons constant state of stress just with having kids around, but I need to be more mindful of that because yeah, it's just stress, but you're straight up teaching your body that you are running from a tiger all the time. Like you are in that fight or flight all the time over something very mundane. So try to chill out a little bit. Try to get your head on straight about the whole thing. It's not serious. Nothing is serious enough to ruin your health. You know, get a grip. Like we live in a society where we're made to feel scared about everything and everything's bad for you and ah, so much fear. But honestly, like if that doesn't serve you, like don't, don't operate from there. You don't have to, you have a choice. You have a choice of how you choose to react to things. So lower your stress meditation. Those are ways that we can encourage and enhance our autonomic nervous system response. Those are about the only things that we can do because the crazy thing is that this is all going on all the time and we don't have control over it. That's why it's involuntary. We don't have control over it. We cannot, we can slow down our breathing, but we can't make our heart stop, you know? So 
the little things that we can do, we should do because that's about all we can do. So keep that in mind. So one of the things that meditation, a big thing that meditation can do is lower your resting heart rate. So we have different heart rates depending on our lifestyle, depending on our body type, all those things. Uh, athletes, their resting heart rate is anywhere from 40 to 60 beats per minute. Uh, other people, sedentary people, you know, office jobs, sitting on our ass all day. It's more about, it's more like 60 to 100 beats per minute. And at that top side of that, so people that sit on their ass all the time, their heart is pumping faster than the people that run marathons at a consistent level. So that means that your heart is not working as effectively as you would like it to. That means that you're taking years off of your life by living that way. So I'm not telling you this with all the fear, mumbo jumbo. This is about like straight up having the chance to take responsibility of your, of your health and of your life. Reducing your stress, meditating, eating right, uh, diet and exercise, lowering your heart rate, which it takes work to make your average resting heart rate lower. It's not something that comes easily. It's something that you have to, you have to make it a commitment to actually do it. So keep that in mind. Lowering your heart rate activates your autonomic nervous system. Awesome. We know that that's good. We know that that encourages the reproduction of cells in a healthy way so that we're reproducing stronger, healthier cells. It increases our cognitive resistance. So that means that we're able to handle things with our brain better instead of freaking out over everything. It can add years to your life, which that is no joke. Your metabolic age has a lot to do with what your resting heart rate is. So keep that in mind. A couple tips just from my experience is that it, it takes time, but it is all mental. This whole uh, nervous system, epigenetic, cell rejuvenation, it's all a head game. So beat it. Like figure it out. Crack that code. Your life is going to be better. Your body's going to be happy. You're going to straight up be healthier. So those little things matter. You getting pissed off over nothing, that matters. And you got to realize it's not worth it. So always keep that in mind. Keep in mind uh, what you think matters. It's not always what you do. It's what you think about what you're doing. And keep going. Like It takes a significant amount of time to see change. So be patient and just keep doing the right thing. You'll get there lifestyle changes. One thing at a time, one step at a time. I had to start with something small. I had to start with quitting smoking cigarettes. And I did that one thing and it really made me realize how I can fucking do anything if I put my mind to it. So set an obtainable goal, reach it, and you will find out just how powerful you are. So don't sell yourself short. You can do it. Keep your relationships in check. Sometimes we're living in a stressful environment with our relationships that we have. And if you're in an abusive relationship or if you're in somewhere that is straight unhealthy, I encourage you to seek help and to find a safe place that you can be. But for the majority of people, we use the word toxic so lightly. It's such a fluff word. Oh, toxic, my toxic aunt or my toxic cousin and blah, 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 blah. Well, there's a difference between straight up abuse and what you call quote unquote toxic people. The difference is 
when you were being abused, you were having somebody seeping into your mind and fucking with your head or physically abusing your body and abusing your mind. When you're around people that piss you off, they're just pissing you off, but you can choose to not engage. You can choose your reaction. You don't have to. You don't have to be involved. You don't have to, you can do, you can react to whatever way that you see fit. So keep in mind your health, keep in mind your autonomic system and your nervous system and your epigenetics and your cell rejuvenation and all these things that we're talking about. Keep in mind that even you getting pissed off about somebody that you disagree with or that they just rub you the wrong way, it's hurting you more than it's hurting them. So you have more power than you think that you do. So keep that in mind. That's kind of everything that I had in a nutshell. It's a pretty epic, the whole idea of epigenetics. And, you know, we could go into every single different part of this in grave detail and probably not even scratch the surface. So that's just my two cents about it, uh, how it's influenced my life, how it's really encouraged me to try to lower my stress in my life and focus on daily meditations continuing to doing my exercise, watching the foods that I eat. And whenever I do want to eat something that might not be the best healthy choice, I always try to make a variation of it to where it it at least has nutrients in it for me so that I'm not just eating crap that isn't good for me. So uh, there's a lot of things that we could do. I always say power to the people. You have way more control over yourself and over your situation, over your mind and over your body and over your cells and over your genes than you think that you do. But it's all mental. And you gotta get there. And you gotta love yourself enough. And you gotta honor yourself enough. And you gotta make the changes that you need to to protect yourself. Because this is a game of self preservation. And this is part of it. So build your best body. Do all the things that you need to do in life to be happy and to be less stressed out about things. Don't take things so seriously because it affects us negatively. It's fucking killing us. So we got to really start taking back the responsibility of our health. So I hope that this has inspired you. I hope that this has helped you. Uh, If you feel me, you know, give me a like, share with your friends. You can find me on all the platforms, uh, the Noble Cause Podcast. Again, my name is Michelle Cardocas Harrison, and I appreciate you staying with me today. And until next time, much love. Thank you for taking the time to tune in to the Noble Cause podcast. It is a great joy and honor to be able to connect with you. If you feel this episode or if you can think of someone that can benefit from it, share it with them. You could also leave me a a review, like the Facebook page, The Noble Cause, or hit me up at thenoblecausepodcast at gmail.com. I love connecting with new people, sharing ideas, and keeping the flow of conscious energy so that we may continue to be inspired, interested, and interesting. I hope this transmission has served your highest good, and until next time, much love to my people.